Welcome to the Building and Growing podcast. We're delighted to have Sarah Hiraki from Smartly with us. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I think it's the second podcast I've done with an ex-Revolut colleague. Very nice. You you can't escape the world of fintech. It is. That's right. Yeah. Present. It is. It is. And, you know, despite... I think, you know, we met back there in 2019 and it felt like fintech was having its heyday, but it's carried on. Oh, my gosh. It's everywhere. Like, and watching what's been happening on the scene internationally, like kids commerce, crypto, like all this stuff, it's been wild to, yes. to kind of watch now that I'm now that I'm out of the game a little bit. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And look, I mean, you know, I, I'll hand over to you in a moment to introduce yourself, but I imagine from your role at Smartly, you're able to actually sort of have this oversight of multiple different industries and see what, what everyone's doing. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, yeah, I work at Smartly. Uh, I'm the head of creative for EMEA and APAC, and we are a creative management platform that works across a ton of global brands. Um, if if you've seen that logo anywhere, we probably work on them. That's nuts, um, yeah. Everyone from, you know, big e-commerce and tech platforms, um, the the Ubers of the world, um, H&M, Nike, um, you know, big apparel and then uh, huge in the entertainment space as well. So all your favorite streaming services work with us uh, yeah. to make their ads better. Yeah. Fantastic. That's amazing. And so, um, you know, prior to that, we met at, at, at Revolut. Um, so, you know, you're, you're now head of uh, uh, creative, but what, what was that sort of journey like to get there? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've worked in digital advertising my entire career. I started, <laughs> I started my first job, the most Seattle creative job of all. I did uh, production design for Starbucks, wow, digital nice. marketing um, yeah. back in Seattle when I was you know fresh out of school nice. um, and it's been re- a really interesting time to be kind of a, a digital native advertiser yep. we've seen the space change so much you know the the kind of open web transition and now so much focus on video and and what's happening on social platforms yes a huge uh shift in you know what is valuable to advertisers and in in marketing so you know, what do we do with a cookie-less future? How do yeah. we protect privacy? What are the ethics around all these spaces? It's just a super exciting time to get into it. Um, and, and of course, right now, everyone's talking about AI. Yes. What that means for creativity, what that means for, you know, art in general indeed, <laughs> and also the indeed. way that the way that we work yeah that's it and you know i mean there's you've provided a really sort of good agenda of things to dive <laughs> into um but uh i'll make a comment about ai because i was reading an artist um who sort of did more digital art saying that now he can't spot the difference between something he's drawn as opposed to something ai has drawn it's amazing i think we have an AI labs um, team at Smartly, and and this has been you know front of mind for us. Yeah, it it's changing so so quickly. The fact that we we couldn't produce pictures of people with five fingers anymore. Yeah, now you can. Um, you know nuts. the things that we're doing. You know the little things that you'd normally need um, a, a very bored production designer to do. We can now automate, and then of course like sky's the limit on on where it goes in the future. So it's, yeah, it's cool. Indeed, indeed, and I I think you know that really has a positive impact um, for, for, say, Smartly and other organizations um, uh, that help clients with marketing because it means you can bring on more clients with the same amount of staff. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's great from a business model perspective. 100%. It's great for scale. Um, and I think it automates, you know, a lot of creative folks are, 
nervous a little bit. Um, you know, certainly like we have to be careful and ethical about about how we use these tools. But for me, it it provides us a better starting point so yeah. that my team of artists, creatives, you know, real people with, you know, thoughts and feelings beyond just production design or kind of the grinding stuff. Yes. When you can automate the boring tasks, it frees up so much headspace to build a stronger team, you know, yeah. to engage with each other, to engage with your customers and to like spend time doing the creative bit. Yes. Um, if you can just, you know, use prompts or, um, you know, use autofill background generation. I'm no longer airbrushing clouds in the background of images. <laughs> you know, I can, I can instead like know what I want, get there faster. Yeah. And that, and that helps everybody out. Fantastic. That's amazing. So look, Sarah, let's dive into um, uh, Smartly and, uh, you know, how it started. What pain points did it initially set out to solve? Sure. Yeah. Smartly is uh, about to turn 10 years old. Wow. Um, we were founded um, in Helsinki, Finland. Mm -hmm. um, now it's a, a global organization. Um, I actually worked for a company called AdLib, um, which was started by some, some other ex-colleagues. Yes. And we were acquired by Smartly um, and have become one with Smartly um, two years ago. Yeah, congrats. Um, we have set out in different ways. So the AdLib platform was very focused on um, video and display mm -hmm. originally. So working heavily with Google and um, YouTube and, and channels like that. Yeah. Smartly was a, a, a kind of founding meta partner, like very much in that social space and coming together. We have now kind of covered covered the globe in terms of um, you know the, the channels, the experiences, and the formats that, that we cover. Excellent. Really what our focus is, is making better creative um, that is uh, more beautiful, more relevant, more personal, more scalable, yes. easier to execute for brands. And of course, you can reach people with that creative. You can, you know, speak to them in the way that you want to. Yeah. You can engage them with more interesting creative, especially, you know, we've talked about things like content creation and kind yeah. of non-advertising-y um, pieces of work. And then also learning from them. So like learning what's working, what audiences actually like. Yep. Um, and I think that's what's really exciting too is that because we're so focused on creative and we're so focused on the science behind it, it's a lot about uh, creating entertain entertainment experiences, uh, more engaging experiences rather than just trying to push for, you know, click through or, yeah. or you know, those kind of simple metrics that we used to do. It's Indeed. much more about talking to people about what they want to learn about, being helpful, you mm. know, advertising as kind of a, a service, an extension of brand is, is super cool. Indeed, yeah. And I, I love that because, um, you know, nowadays even algorithms, I think are like favoring, you know, dwell time and that mm. on, you know, like a, a video or an image. Um, I saw LinkedIn has actually brought in like an AI writer to write your posts which oh, wow. in my view it's like all right if ai is just going to be writing everything the algorithm will move to focus <laughs> on you know dwell time on images and videos for sure yeah, yeah it, it's interesting i think there's there's the things that we engage with the most and the the way that we spend time now with content has has really pivoted from i guess what we were kind of bombarded with um, yeah. and now it's much more about choice, which is really interesting for me. It's much more about how we want to surround ourselves with content, um, the things that, that make us feel good. I think especially, you know, post-pandemic, we're spending so much time online, like that engagement hasn't stopped. Yeah. So now we're, you know, curating these spaces that feel like positive or helpful. And I think people are a lot more intentional about what they 
what they want to watch yeah. and what they commit to. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And um, when it comes to, you know, the channels, um, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you're supporting um, clients across multiple different social channels. Are you able maybe to highlight which ones are the most popular at the oh, moment? man. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, our CEO likes to say, like, never bet against Meta. Yeah. Meta is a, a absolute powerhouse. They're releasing new ad formats and products and, and the amount of of dedication they have to reaching people and and forming communities is is massive so you know still going strong there i think we're all obsessed with tiktok i personally am yeah. very very into that as a channel um i'm a tiktok content creator as well yes um and so just any vertical video space especially as an advertiser and as a creative mm -hmm. has given us like you know, we're we're now playing forty chess in these in these spaces. So yeah. as an advertiser, I know that I can make more engaging content. I can take someone from never knowing about my product to loving it within the space of ten or fifteen seconds with video, which yeah. just isn't as yeah. possible in other channels. Um, and then as a content creator, someone who likes to watch stuff and make stuff, mm. it's just so much more interesting to you know, be building out experiences, to be telling stories, hiring yes. more artists, hiring content creators to make this amazing content. And there's this kind of democratizing as well that's happening on TikTok, which I think is very, very exciting. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And look, I, I, I love, you know, the fact that you've alluded to both what's really popular at the moment in terms of video first, you know, those uh, 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 vertical videos. Um, and then the fact that you know, there is 4D and virtual reality and augmented reality, oh which gosh. is, is yeah. yeah, coming into it. Are you seeing a lot of advertising taking place in um, uh, virtual reality and augmented reality? We're starting to see it. I think it's it's a tough channel to build for, um, mm -hmm. and it's it's a hard one to know what will win when you invest in that space. Yes. We are seeing a lot of it, you know, start to come out more as kind of case studies, and I think experiments yes um i bet we're gonna see a lot more especially as tools to generate you know things like 3d models um yeah the, uh, you know using ai to simulate you know com conversational advertising yes i think all of those kind of more immersive experiences for the brands that really focus on tackling that space i think we're gonna see some really cool examples yeah. fantastic excellent excellent and so look sarah we've, what we've covered so far is the fact that smartly helps out with let's say the content creation um, for multiple different channels um, you've also I, I suppose touched upon the fact that there are different channels um, uh, and different trends in there so i imagine that strategy is another business line um, that you offer um, but are there, there, there are any other services that smartly offer that you want to dive into i think one of the most exciting ones is automation yes. um, so how do you enable marketers to spend less time doing data entry monitoring feeds refreshing things yeah um, having automated solutions that let your ads speak directly to your stock levels, mm -hmm. um, to price fluctuations, to offers, automated things like retargeting um, yes. of customers, um, you know, using that behavior that we know each wall gardener, each channel has mm -hmm. um, kind of encapsulated to reflect back into the way you're advertising. Yep. It just makes everything so much easier. Yeah, yeah. Less time staring at spreadsheets, more time, you know, deciding what to run and, and who to speak to. and yeah. Um, the automation part is maybe the unsung hero, um, but we talk about it a lot at Smartly, but automation's really 
Yeah. Powerful. That's great. I'm going to dive straight into one example you gave there about linking ads to inventory. So let's say that I've got a shop and, you know, I've got, um, yeah, like a thousand of one product, but only a hundred of the other, but I've been running ads on both. How quickly could you create an ad that focuses on um, the, the, the thousand, I guess the question is not only how quickly can you make the ad, but how quickly can you deploy it and start seeing an impact? Yeah, instantly. Yeah. All you have to do is set up logic. Um, that's, that's, there's so much stuff I've learned as a creative person about how computers think and yeah, how logic yeah. works in this space. Um, setting up logic that will push products that are you have more inventory of that you have more sizes or specific sizes of. Yeah. Um, you know, if if certain products don't need help to sell, you take spend away from them, you put you put investment behind things that do. Yeah. Um so having that logic built into e commerce and, and to retail yes. is is great. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And look, you mentioned a lot of um, uh, sort of enterprise clients earlier on. Do you just service large agencies or in, you know, the e-commerce space, for example, you often have a lot of smaller mm. sellers. Um, who, who do you sell to mostly? We have a really wide breadth of, of customers we work with. Um, you know, we, we work with enormous global brands. We also work with a lot of like regionally specific companies around the world, yeah. um, across Asia, Latin America. Um, and so we're, we're really running the gamut. I think Smartly's power is that it's a, it's a tech platform first, where we're technology first, yes. and then we're, we're services wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows our customers to really kind of coordinate their own experience, yes. use the tools. It's, it's a huge platform, has so many tools, you know, use the pieces they really want and really need. Mm-hmm. Usually for, for a lot of our customers, that starts with basic, uh, you know, creative templating, mm-hmm. uh, the automation through through feeds and connections to, um, to platforms like Meta. Yes. And then, you know, when you take it all the way up to, you know, the highest echelon, you're running a global business through Smartly with, um, you know, full creative management with, strategy with you know all these things that that really pull together and yeah. are the engine room of your marketing. Fantastic. That's great. And Sarah, earlier on you mentioned the fact that you are a TikTok creator. Um can you talk us through that journey? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So after I left Revolut, um I am an American citizen, so I had to apply for a new visa. Yes. This was during the pandemic, so things were moving very slowly <laughs> and I was really enjoying a break, the you know the first significant break in my career ever, yeah. um, but I knew I wanted to do something creative um, and something maybe that I finally had time to do. Yes. Um, so I was joking with some friends and I was like, maybe I should just become like a cool TikTok girl. And they <laughs> laughed because um, while I was a avid social media user, I didn't have any more followers on any other platform than the average person. Yeah. Um, and so I gave myself a challenge of. Can I crack TikTok in the next 30 days, yeah. 60 days? Um, and so I came up with a content strategy. Mm-hmm. I'd never done this before. Yeah. <laughs> um, came up with a content strategy. I knew I had to, you know, the best practice of TikTok, use your face, talk yes. about what you know, find a niche, you know, decide on um, the kind of creator you want to be. Yeah. And then TikTok, if you want to grow, you have to post all the time. Yeah. I was posting three to five times a day, wow. every day, without fail. <laughs> I spent all this time recording, editing, and this was 
you know, TikTok a few versions ago where it didn't have things like auto caption, oh, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> so it's a manual typing, typing. working my thumbs to the bone, yeah. you know, editing. I was shooting and editing in the TikTok app. So yes. everything was native. Um, I started with content, which was um, things that like interesting facts or like things I wish I knew so I could be like the ultimate pub quiz champion. Okay. Nice. Um, so I started with like, um, so you don't know anything about opera, you know, <laughs> and so you don't know anything about American history and, um, and then that steadily grew into this series on creativity and logic and um, representation in media and like all this stuff. And um, I went viral a few times uh, yeah, just through yeah. sheer commitment. I, um, I, I remember a post you wrote about <laughs> going viral on, um, you, you know, you, you published it on LinkedIn, but there were some massive stats. What, what was the largest reach you got from one of the videos? Gosh, some of my biggest ones, um, you know, over over a few million, over a couple nice. million yeah. views. Um, I think now I'm at hovering around fifty nine thousand followers. Yeah, um, nice. I've obviously like, you know, pumped the brakes a little bit on posting <laughs> as often um, now that I'm with Smartly and you know have other projects on. But yeah. I still post when I when I feel inspired, and it's like super nice to have an outlet. And yeah, for sure. I've I've had this um this great opportunity on TikTok, which I didn't expect, mm. um, to like cultivate a community of like. Um, a lot of like professional women and you know creative I have this like Asian girl Illuminati you know yeah. I'm friends with like lawyers sommeliers uh, you know other marketing professionals people with clothing brands and journalists and we all kind of have this thing on TikTok yeah, and I never would have fantastic. had that without it yeah excellent excellent um and uh, you know I guess like normally I'd, I'd save takeaways to the end and I, and I will come back to those ones. But I guess if anybody's thinking about getting involved in TikTok, you know, becoming a creator, what are three top tips? You have to be brave. Yeah. Um, you just have to commit, commit to it. Um, yeah. Be very open to learning um, <laughs> because the TikTok community will give you a lot of feedback. Yeah. Um, I got comments when I started posting videos your audio is too low, your audio is too high, oh, you know, no. you should do this better, make your videos downloadable. You know, like I was getting social media tips from just being on social media, which yeah, is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and you have to be, the easiest way to do content creation is to be yourself. Yes. Um, to only talk about the things you know well. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. That's the only way you can really maintain Yeah. Um, that. I If I tried to put on a facade or, or be something else, I don't think it would have been possible to keep up. So you have to figure out where you're comfortable being and then just turn that into your content strategy. Indeed, yeah. No, love it, love it. And uh, I, I, I can agree with you. I mean, the <laughs> number of people who have given me like podcast tips that, you know, oh like, uh, uh, yeah, like it's it, everybody has a different preference. It's super interesting. Yeah, when with like the democratization of the tools, Yeah. Um, which I guess, you know, connects back to all the stuff at Smartly is like, we've leveled the playing field. Like everyone can be a content creator. I saw a stat recently, I think it was from TikTok mm -hmm. that um, maybe it was YouTube, I forget now. Um, I think it was something like 41% of Gen Z consider themselves content creators. Far out, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, so we are all artists, which is as, you know, as creative people is something that we talk about all the time. Like you don't need to have a creative title to be creative, but yes. you know, we all listen to podcast loads. I'm sure, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's suddenly it's the, it's the old trope of everyone's a copywriter. That's now everyone's it. a video producer, a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's nuts. And I, you know, like you mentioned about the, the release of auto captions on, on TikTok. I mean, if you're just making something, I, I made a, a 
I tried to make a reel for my girlfriend's birthday and you know I failed at making the reel how it was meant to be made but it was super easy compared to 10 years ago when you had to put all the photos on the computer and you know get a song to go with it so yeah. it's nuts it, it has been democratized it's amazing and it, it's challenging too to be you know selling creative services or selling a creative product when there's so many good ones out there and yeah. customers are very savvy like brands are very savvy about what's in market and you know, whether it's them themselves or them like looking over their kid's shoulder and being like, you know, if my kid can build a whole universe in like Roblox, mm. this creative process should run better. And, yes. You know, it, it forces everyone to, to level up. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and and look, going back to, um, I suppose, some of the services that Smartly offer um, in the context of trends in marketing, mm. because I think we can break that down into two categories. The first one is, let's say, marketing operations. Um, and then the second one, I would say, is like the creatives um, themselves. So in marketing operations, you touched upon the fact that you've got real-time feeds, um, you know, which can allow you to link ads to, say, inventory. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you touched upon sort of automation as a whole. But are you able to discuss some other, let's say, marketing operation trends? Sure. I mean, workflow optimization is huge um, and closing the loop on what we learn. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where there's a lot of promise, but a lot of, um, you know, marketers, it's it's hard to, yes. um, you know, complete your reporting loop, finish a campaign, learn from it and actually put those insights back into the next one. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I think <laughs> I think it's it's hard to close that loop because once you've delivered something, I think the tendency is to be like, it's out the door, see you later. Yeah, um, but yeah. committing to that cycle of of learning and optimizing, it's something that we do a lot every yes. day. And um, But I think at a micro level, so did that ad work? You know, the automation says yes or no. Here's mm -hmm. how we change it. Here's how we test it again. And then also at the macro level, like what our audience is responding to are our brand campaigns working? How are they working? And then how do we feed that back into our marketing strategy? Indeed, indeed, yeah. I think that's a really good point because you can look at the result of an A-B test and be like, all right, yeah, A worked, that's great. But then how do we apply A onto three other campaigns? 100%. And so yeah. the fact that you're able to help out with that is a, yeah, a great help to your clients. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, we talk about the basics, you know, CTA testing or, yes. you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, you want to move on from those things because those feel like very basic tests. But mm. like when you talk to digital marketers, do they actually know what their best CTA is? Yeah. And for whom? You know, like yes. so all of those things, being able to track those in one place and apply those learnings is, is critical. Excellent. Excellent. And one question I have, uh, uh, it's about a post I saw on LinkedIn. Um, and so it may not be fully relevant, but the person was talking about audiences that in the past have been um, like segmented by demographics, right. so by age, location. Uh, and this person was arguing for audiences to be segmented by pain points, um, which, you know, something in the B2B, like SaaS world, you always have to identify pain points. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you're working with a multitude of brands. How do you help them sort of segment those audiences? It's really interesting. I think, I mean, that's an excellent point about um, pain points. I like to think of it as behaviors, like, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, like there's some classic advertising examples, right? That um, uh, Old Spice 
was not it's a product for men or yes. marketed toward men it was mostly being purchased by women yeah so if i just show old spice ads to men i'm missing out on a huge segment of, of yeah addressable audience That's um, nuts. and yeah. so they pivoted their strategy to market toward women to say this is what your man could smell like kind of thing <laughs> so when we look at targeting audiences i care much more about behavior yes um did they engage did they linger did they click um did they buy um do they feel good yeah. um you know all of those things much more so than um especially kind of now what feel like very outdated segments around age gender you know marital status yeah, wealth like yeah. those things really don't impact what kind of laundry detergent I want to buy. Indeed, you know, so indeed. many other things do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so look, moving on to the creative bucket now, um, I think it's a great time to to talk about it because you mentioned behavior. So what um, creative types are you seeing, you know, work the, the, the best and how, how is behavior tied into that? Yeah, I think one of the big ones is ads that are helpful or deliver value and service yeah. more than just shouting at you to buy something. Uh -huh. um, I, there's like, you know, we always hear the anecdote of like, I'm tired of these shoes following me around the internet. Yeah. Um, show me something I actually want, show me something I need. Um, and your automation, your algorithms, all that stuff, um, properly identifying behavior, linking it back, learning from it. That's how you make that stuff more helpful. Um, but I yes. think especially with the the rise of TikTok and you know more vertical video. We're watching ads or we're watching content to learn something, to get something, to you know whether it's behind the scenes footage of Beyonce's tour or you know how to keep your shoelaces clean. You know what whatever it is, like yeah. we want to derive value. And so I think a really great thing we're seeing from advertisers now is um, a focus on ads delivering value mm -hmm. rather than just selling yes i'm going to give you something that you will take with you today yes and that will form a more positive more helpful brand association um at my previous agency i worked a lot with google um mm -hmm. and so google's positioning as a brand is all about helpfulness ease making your life better making your life easier yeah um, and so we made ads that just exemplified the product through you know you can ask this ad a question you can you know, this ad will provide you some kind of value. And I think that's a really nice for the consumer. That's a really nice and like non-cynical yeah. trend that we're seeing a lot. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, fantastic. So look, really educative focused ads, totally. super important. You mentioned um, vertical video a few times um, and uh, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing that uh, more and more, not just I guess on, on TikTok and Instagram, but even more professional platforms like LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been guilty of doing landscape videos on LinkedIn. However, you know, we do have the um, the frames for vertical ones um, to be released in the mm -hmm. future. It's just a matter of when. It's, I mean, the way people used to shame everyone for posting vertical, vertically oriented videos yeah. or photos, like turn your camera the other way and, <laughs> and the devices have won. That's like, right. We're vertical right. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Advertisers using those formats is mm. so important. Being aware of um, you know, things as simple as the form factor of where your audience is watching things, whether yeah. they have their headphones plugged in. Yes. The the AirPods have given us, you know, that push. Now we're, we're now we're sound on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the common it. knowledge used to be designed for sound off by default, and so we're in this new wave of it. Uh, I think brands are getting really excited about it in in great ways. They're investing in creators, they're investing in more playful, entertaining content, um, and they're getting much better at like remixing assets. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of 
a lot of emphasis on yeah, that. Yeah. How do you take your your you know movie trailer, your TV commercial, you know your professional shots, and make them suited for these spaces where the the visual language is a little different. Yes, the the audience behavior is a little bit different than if I'm just watching you know pre-roll on on a big screen. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I think that the repurposing of content is super super beneficial, um, and uh, yeah, you know it's amazing how far a couple of subtitles or captions, you know, and a little uh, animation here and there can go to, to making it, it feel more like it belongs on TikTok or, or Instagram. Completely, yeah. I think, you know, we've all fallen victim to watching like bad reality show clips that have been like shoddily repurposed and put on a vertical yeah. video platform. But yeah, it makes such a difference when brands really care about it. I've seen some great examples, even just like film trailers are such a good kind of case study for it. Yes. Where they've, um, you know, they replace the kind of, in a world, you know, they, they replace the big flashy voiceover with um, auto-generated speech just yes. to make it feel more at home on the platform, which is yeah. great to see. Yeah, which is fantastic. And look, I mean, you know, with with these platforms and their algorithms, um, there's been a lot of people who have been able to gain a lot of impressions without spending um, any money. Mm. Sometimes the algorithms are built in a way that business accounts, you know, are never going to go viral unless they're spending, you know, money on ads. What are you seeing businesses do when it comes to choosing of uh, choosing between an organic strategy as opposed to a paid media strategy? That's a great question. I think when it comes to organic strategies especially in vertical video, the focus has to be entertainment, mm -hmm. teaching, entertaining, being funny, being clever, highlighting something that people would actually like, would I actually watch this? Yes. If it wasn't shoved in front of my face <laughs> um, and you have to build up that kind of, um, it's a lot about trust. It's a yeah. lot about rapport, about expertise. Um, so, you know, if it's a travel company, I don't just want them to shout at me about they have the best deals. Yeah. Like give me a life hack for how I should be, you know, doing things or show me amazing places I should be inspired to travel to. You can't just be like, knock, knock, did you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have cheap tickets or, you know, whatever. And yeah. then when it comes to paid, then you can, you have permission in that space. It's labeled, you know, it's, it's kind of boxed up and, and it's also going to be targeted to the right folks in the right mindset. Indeed. Then that's the time to say, by the way, you're really going to want to see, you know, this offer or this deal. And so, Having a slight change of tone between the two, I think, is important. But also what we do a lot of is making sure that they're united, making sure that what you're seeing in a paid placement is going to feel consistent, though, you know, totally yes. different from organic stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And, you know, we've we've discussed um, uh, the audience a few times and targeting um, and Earlier on in the podcast, you talked about a cookie-less future. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm wondering whether we can dive into how um, companies currently um, build audiences mm -hmm. and how that will change in the future. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we used, you know, in a previous, you know, lifetime ago, we used to be able to scrape so much <laughs> information about people. We talked a lot about, um, you know, my last agency at the creepy line. Yeah. Like, I can put your name, your town, you know, your postcode in an ad and show it to you. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. Will that make you feel good about <laughs> my brand? Maybe not. Um, yeah, yeah. And as we begin to step away from that data, it becomes less about data and more about relevance, context, behavior. Yes. Um, 
most people will still opt into things if they find them useful, helpful. Again, like going to marketing as kind of a utility. Yeah, um, yeah. And so like we like being retargeted with things. You know, if I sign up for, um, you know, an email or I fill my cart and then you remind me of it, there's a chance like that's that's a helpful interaction. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think like the way that we're targeting people now is much more about behavior, much more about things that they've opted into. Yep. The challenge is that because, you know, the average person spends time on fewer and fewer websites now than, you know, we did 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, all that information is in its own little buckets. Mm-hmm. And the challenge, um, you know, across the marketing platforms and um, one of the challenges we're trying to help customers with is how do we connect the dots across these walled gardens so that you're telling a story that's consistent and that you're reaching people in the right ways. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. And and what do we expect this sort of timeline to be to move to completely cookie-less? I mean, uh, the changes in, in iOS have, have been massive. Yeah, um, there's yeah. been huge impacts and we know we've seen those um, already yeah, <laughs> have, yeah, well, have a, make a huge difference. I think that was, you know, Apple governs so much behavior um, online uh, that, yeah, those those types of changes, I think, are really important. We saw with GDPR, yes. um, you know, <laughs> yeah. everyone has to click an extra window now when they open a website. That's um, right. Yeah. You know, that was a, a major change. And uh, I think the last one is is Google when when Google finally decides to deprecate um, yes. cookies, which they, they've been hinting <laughs> at for a long time. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, you have to be prepared for the big changes now and get your marketing strategy in line with it yep. um, ahead of the regulations. Um, Cause that's just what, I think that's what we all want yes. is a more transparent, you know, a more helpful, a less spooky yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, environment to, to operate in. That makes sense. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with uh, two questions about um, uh, two different channels, right? Okay. So one I consider uh, a bit boring. One I consider to be, you know, maybe the future. So um, first one is what's your view on email marketing and oh. the future of email marketing? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, you have to really do it well. Yep. to not bug me with email marketing. <laughs> um, again, like people, you know, if you give some people something valuable, yeah. um, they love it. If not, then, you know, I mean, how many, how many email threads have you, you know, signed up for? Yeah. Like, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I could use a fact of the day. And then, and then you're like, you know, <laughs> I haven't opened it for months. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think if your copywriting is really strong, yes. if the content inside, if the offers and also the frequency, getting that right, mm-hmm. um, it is kind of boring, yeah, um, you know, yeah. but just seeing those brand names in my inbox every day, even if it's just my like daily ritual of cleaning them out, yeah. it's still a brand impression. It, it, it's that's still front it. of mind. Yeah, so, yeah it's um, a touch point. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things, it's like, is no publicity, or is, you know, is there's no such thing as bad publicity, like, if you're a little bit in my way every yeah. time with an email, but I still saw it, you know? So <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's controversial in that regard. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, be, be clever with it. Be yeah. good with it. Oh, and don't like email marketers that put the kind of 
emergency, you know, Sarah, this message is for you, or I'm I'm writing for you, to you for yeah, the last time. Yeah, none of that. None, That's of, this, none of the scary yeah. stuff. Keep it light. And none of that. None of those like salespeople were like, oh yeah, just floating this back oh, to the top yeah. of your inbox. I'm like, well, you can join the ten other people today that have sent me the same email. Man, yeah, the, <laughs> or the ones that say like forward, forward, forward. Yeah. Urgent. Yeah, that's it. Nuts. All right. Well, look, and without, you know, biasing (laughs) the question, uh, uh, what do you see um, the future of marketing on channels like ChatGPT and Bard being? Oh, my gosh. Huge question. Um, (laughs) I could definitely, I think those platforms, for for my, like, quite pedestrian knowledge of of the world of of AI and and machine learning... um, they are so based in what they're drawing from. Yes. Um, they are exclusively based in what they're drawing from. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a great opportunity for certain utility type of brands, brands yeah. that have expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your uh, your Under Armors, your Nikes, your um, HelloFreshes, uh, yes. you know, whatever. When I ask a question about an area of their expertise, I would love to see that information is co-signed by yeah. some of those brands yeah, just indeed. to give me that added layer of transparency. How possible that is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and certainly I don't want to see this answer sponsored by Coca-Cola yes. necessarily. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But I think there's so much uh, potential for distrust and misinformation and, and things like that that mm. I, like as a kind of you know, in my in my own content creation, I'm very careful about citing sources. I think that's really important. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see um, sources cited. Yes. Um, obviously, we're hoping that some of them are Encyclopedia Britannica or like <laughs> medical journals. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing one. Um, you know, if it, if it was a research study by Nike, or I'm asking about top selling products, you know, in the world. Yes. And it's co-signed by a brand. I would. I would be all right with that. Yeah, would, yeah. Like and that's, that. it's a really good point that you've made because what what you said at the beginning in terms of the models being built off a, you know, a database um, uh, or, or, or one layer um, is completely true. And so it's about can these brands potentially plug in? Um, on another podcast I did with uh, uh, Firat, um, uh, who's a, a you know a data science expert, um, he he and I spoke about the fact that maybe you can distribute with like revenue share agreements. Um, yeah. You know, if you're looking to um, yeah book a hotel, for example, um, you know if the hotel's booked through ChatGPT without actually having to go through the Expedia or Kayak plugins mm. that they have. ChatGPT takes a revenue share, but actually, you know, this this could be another one where, if you're researching shoes and then you know you do end up buying one there from you Nike, go. then yeah. I mean, I think I think we we cut this part of the podcast out and we just start. This is a startup idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this it, is a million dollar idea. Yeah. Well, but we've got the marketer, we've got the data scientists, and right. I can pick up the phone. You, know? you heard it here first. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, I think like there's some brands already doing it. Um, Adobe, for example, like mm. their um, AI image base is purely through images they own through wow. the Adobe stock system. Yeah. And so like. I can I should be able to trust that resource that the images are ethically ethically sourced imagery. This is yes. kind of wild that we're getting into that, but like you know that they yeah. own the rights to the images. They're not ripping off artists, and everyone's been compensated, hopefully you know appropriately for for what they've done. And um, if we do the same thing across other other areas of, of knowledge or creativity, you know, I could definitely see uh, 
automations from companies like I don't know Squarespace. Mm-hmm, if I'm mm-hmm. auto creating presentations or yeah, things like yeah, that, like that's it. just having that co-signed by a, a brand I trust. Yes. Would, I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Oh, well, look, exciting times. Uh, <laughs> let's see, let's see where it goes. Um, Sarah, you know, we've covered a lot today, and thank you so much for you know sharing everything with us. Um, before we before we wrap up, um, uh, I, I, I'm actually, you know, you, you're probably going to be the guest that does the most takeaways ever. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask you for three takeaways, which are. For, let's say enterprise marketing sure. and then we'll go on to personal takeaways afterwards okay gosh uh agility uh-huh. the, we are in an age of everything changing super super fast mm. um rules around platforms they're adding new ad formats all the time yeah um you know government regulations and rules around privacy and and everything like that i think the number one thing for marketers if you're a cmo um, you know, if you're a, a creative director, you know, yeah. running a marketing team um, or working with marketers is stay agile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the olden days. We don't sign off budgets, you know, a year in advance. Like be ready to move your money, to move yes. move your brand's look and feel, move your tone across the way that things are changing and being building in a system, the, the kind of administrative side, building in a system where you can move and roll with the punches yes is the most valuable thing that a marketer can do 100 don't get too don't get too married to the budgets or the plan or even like some of your brand assets be yeah. ready to kind of break things apart yes. and then you can you can do something more exciting with them fantastic yeah excellent um any other takeaways on the enterprise marketing oh, side i mean that's a that's a huge that's one. a big one yeah. i gotta think of two more yeah, yeah. um I think the same thing about like content creation when it comes to being present. Um, there's an amazing study from that I, I quote my, my team will laugh because I quote it all the time <laughs> okay. from Google and the behavioral architects. Um, yeah. They they did this whole brand study. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it encompassed a ton of things, but um, one of them was uh, how a fictional brand can steal market share from a beloved first choice brand by doing certain things. And so yeah. the first one, the first thing that you can do to either steal market share or retain market share um, is to show up. Yes. You have to show up on all these platforms. You know, you might be a, a heritage clothing brand, but if yeah. you don't advertise on TikTok, there are a ton of people that don't know who you are. Yes, indeed. It, you know, it doesn't indeed. matter if you're, you've got a huge flag, flagship store and you're a historical important brand. You know, you have to show up and that is a really big logistical challenge. So yep. obviously I would recommend working with a creative management platform that can help <laughs> you achieve that at indeed, scale indeed. Um, seamlessly. Um, but you have to show up, like you have to bother, yes. even though it's it's tough to embark on a, a channel, a new channel, um, a new style of marketing. Yeah, That's really important. Um, and I guess like in this, the third one can be <laughs> in this fast moving environment. I think it's really easy to lose sight of creative, mm. like good creative to kind of like step back and be like, would I actually watch this video? Yeah. Do I actually like this image? You yes. know, does, does this help someone? Does it make me smile? Don't forget to like take a second, mm. have a breather with your assets and ask yourself like, do I like this? Is this what I want to put out? Yeah. Um, and if not, Make it better. Yeah, that's. I think that's a real key point because you know there's no point doing marketing or creating content just for the sake of it. Um, yeah, if like 
yeah, if you don't like making it, then uh, yeah, like don't post it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. We want to avoid that kind of race to the bottom. Yeah, you know, we're as a as a creative working with enterprise brands, uh, it it would be easy to become cynical. Yes. Um, but if you surround yourself with great people and great tools, it makes the process of creation really fun. Yep. Um, and then it should, it should instead of having it be a kind of a race to the bottom of performance and grind it becomes like how do we elevate Mm -hmm. brand assets how do we make things more helpful more fun more entertaining fantastic excellent thank you so much sarah and look i mean is there anything that you want to share in terms of personal takeaways what helped you get to where you are now (sighs) sheer dumb luck and grit (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) i've been so lucky to work with so many amazing people um, you know, the founders of, the, of AdLib and then getting to know the team at Smartly has been just like gasoline on the fire of yeah. my own growth and, and creativity. Um, I'm very grateful for all the opportunities, all the like camaraderie and friendship from from folks like you, you know, at, <laughs> yeah. at Revolut and at Pass Roles. Like it's such a small world it is, uh, that we yeah. live and work in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, there's like a, a wise saying of like, you know, I, ideas don't matter, people matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. as we're like doing all this crazy stuff together, I think like, yeah, being able to reset, use the tools, work a little bit smarter. Yes. Um, spend more time with with your people. Indeed. Building something cool has has been great. So, yeah, 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 fantastic. Look, Sarah, thank you so much. Um, uh, it's been a fantastic podcast, very insightful, and you know, I think can almost be used kind of as a playbook. Um, you know, for uh, yeah, people who you know want to make their businesses and brands stand out more. Hell yeah. And a free startup idea for the yeah. first one to take it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. If anybody uses that, please give yeah, us some we, equity. <laughs> we want it. That's it. Yeah, we should IP it. Awesome. Thanks Fantastic. so much, Lucas. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah.